Sim Racers and Rental Cars Podcast with your hosts, Top Fuel Cam, Cameron Foray, and his co-host, Mr. Top Sportsman, Don O'Neill. Keep on Welcome to this week's episode of Racers and Rental Cars. Holy smokes, they call it a streak. I think this is like two weeks in a row. And uh, let's just not get real excited about it because you know what? Next week is next week and this week is this week. But I am here. Didn't think I was going to be able to pull this off. The most of you that follow along in social media world see I had a little procedure. I am one-handed or I guess they would call that four fingers and two thumbs. But no matter what. We are going to have an awesome show this week. We're going to talk about a lot of things, motorsports, NHRA, NASCAR. We'll get to that. I got, again, I I just want to get a dumbbell and start slapping people with it. We've got, I I don't want to be on this soapbox every week, but it seems like it's just all that people are doing. We're going to talk a little bit about what's going on in the world of social media physical fitness, mental health. And I promise you this right now, if you're tuning in, share it, like it, subscribe, tell your friends, because the next guest that we're going to have on the show this week, I told you last week, it's going to be eye-opening. It's going to be something that you're going to want to sit back, maybe pause, stop the show here and there, listen to the thought process, give it a little bop around inside your brain. If you're like me, I only have two brain cells every now and then they bump into one another. They create a spark. And I call that a thought. And we will see exactly where the future of motorsports, when it comes to marketing, multimedia, you know, we talked about it a couple weeks ago with, with NASCAR and where they're going with the CW. We all consume the content and the sports. Of that or the segments, if you will, in the world of motorsports differently around the country. And we're going to talk about that right when we come back again. Tell your friends, like, subscribe, leave us a review. I don't care if you even send me hate mail. That's fine. I need something to do. I'm one handed. All right, folks, I told you that this week's guest, we talked about it last week. I gave you the teaser that I was going to have someone on the show that was going to be eye-opening to you. Now, to to give her the floor introduction like we would anywhere else, I have to say that this individual is one of the ones that Does not get a lot of the credit, does not get limelight, does not get thrown under the bus in media, doesn't get all of the questions from the PR reps and so forth. But behind the scenes, might as well just give her the the title of queen of live streaming. Kendra Jacobs from Flow is on with us this week. Kendra, welcome to Racers and Rental Cars podcast, you and the pup. I, I knew this would happen as soon as I knew as soon as we go live, the dog would go nuts. It's just it's just how my life works. Um, thank you for that introduction. I, I do love the part where you say she doesn't get like the bashing. Like I w- I'm gladly take that. Like everybody can just not know who I am, and I never get the bashing. Would love that. That'd be great. 
But well, if someone crashes flow, I take it personally. Well, and you know, and after being on the Racers and Rental Cars podcast, the whole 30 people that actually listen to the show will send you friend requests on LinkedIn and Facebook and Instagram. And so you'll get, so if you get a little bump in your social media, you know, networking, you'll know where it came from. Cause I think all 30 are pretty loyal. Well, that's great. I mean, I welcome them. I, I welcome every drag racing fan, every drag racing friend. Like I need that in my life. I want to continue to learn. So I need them to like inundate me with like, not so much questions, but like lessons. That would be great. Well, before we get started, mm-hmm. a lot a lot of people, you know, remember the show, our loyal f- listeners, about three years ago, we had Mike Levy, who is very near and dear to you at mm-hmm. Flow on the show. And he, and he reached out because, and I think you and I've talked about this off air. I was not a fan of the live streaming deal with James Lawrence speed video and everything that was taking place with the, the pay for subscription. I think the first go around was with duck down at lights out and cam and I were very vocal as the social media presence, if you will, at that time for delivering content to people at home. You know, we had COVID going on. We just had so many things that were going on. And we as drag racers had received live streaming, the ability to share that with our sponsors, friends, family, potential opportunities across the country for free for so long. We had people like Warren and Mark Walters. We had, you know, we had all these individuals that, you know, if you wanted to call them fragmented businesses that were out there, got their own sponsors to, to foot the bill and to be able to afford to do it. And we were able to take that in free of charge. We, we I mean, who who in the world of a costly sport of motorsports doesn't like something free? And Mike Levy jumped up on his desk down there in Austin, Texas, sent me a text message and said, hey, I want to come on the show. And, and let's let's hash this out, and 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 God bless him. Like I was like, man, here's this executive saying, "Hey, hold on a sec, I got something to say." And that's not the norm typically in media companies. You're not going to get a vice president or an executive to say, "Hey, I got this. I don't need a PR communications department. I can stand here and answer these questions." And he did. Now, fast forward three years. Oh my God, how much has changed? Uh, being an individual that actually has had the pleasure uh, in the past and obviously moving into the future to work with the team at Flow on site and behind the scenes. So I know personally and professionally things have changed in three years and you've had a lot to do with that. And now we're jumping forward. The neck you guys have springboarded with some announcements and the venues and the groups that you work with. So let's we're on a, we're on an upswing. You know we are moving. You know as they say, the trajectory is moving in the right direction for flow and content. Let's talk a little bit about how Kendra got started in motorsports and what drew you in to work for a company like Flow. Um, oh goodness. So 
first of all, like that was what you just said about Mike Levy. Like Mike is one of my favorite people, um, happens to be my boss. So I, I have to say that, but I truly, truly mean it. He's one of my favorite people. Uh, Mike is so smart and he just sees the future before a lot of us do. And, and when you can grasp his vision, then it's like, oh my gosh, like how did we not see that before? And, and Mike just knows the landscape um, and knows where flow needs to invest and what flow needs to invest in. And, and drag racing was a huge part of that when I joined flow. So uh, backtrack your first question. How did I get involved in racing? Um, my father was a world of outlaws sprint car driver. So I grew up in an RV traveling the country. I think my first race, I was like six weeks old. Um, now that I'm older, that seems like, gosh, I was actually pretty old. It had to be younger than that, but I've been, I've been at races my entire life. So almost every weekend I've spent at a racetrack growing up, um, right out of college, I moved to Charlotte started working with NASCAR drivers and NASCAR teams. Um, I was on the road full-time as a NASCAR PR rep or PR manager for different drivers for about 10 years. Um, and then after that, I went and worked at Knoxville Raceway, which if you're in the dirt racing community at all, Knoxville's like the holy grail. Um, we just had the Knoxville Nationals last week, actually. And it's it's just such a place that's it's so special to me. Um, and that event, the Knoxville Nationals, just means every if you if you grew up in sprint car racing, that is like the event. That is that's what you look forward to all year. So being able to work at that track, I managed everything like fence out. So any marketing, the fan experience, the event management, I did that for about six years. And um, right after the 60th anniversary, which was like my big event there, I knew I wanted the 60th to be massive and. Um, right after that, I got a call from Michael Rigsby, who um, is, is the head of all racing strategy, the vice president of, of racing at Flow, asking me if I was interested in making a move. And at that point, I was like, I am exhausted from this race. I don't even want to talk to anybody. <laughs> like, I literally don't want to be on the phone with my own mother. Like, I don't want to speak to anyone. Um, so I started I started talking to them about Flow. and. Um, I did not think the streaming world was something that I would go into. Um, I was so hands-on in the at-track live experience that streaming just felt like the flipped universe of that, if that makes sense. Like that was the complete opposite of what I did. Um, and what really hooked me with flow is what I hope everyone sees now when they when they're starting to learn about flow or when flow comes into their favorite discipline of racing. Flow is investing in the sport. Flow isn't just turning on a camera and showing your event to people at home and then turning a camera off. Flow is investing in motorsports. And that to me, as someone who is really into growing our sport, that's what hooked me. I want to be a part of that. I want to invest in the sport. I want to grow the sport. I want to look at the future and see how we can help shape and mold grassroots racing, whether that's dirt or pavement or drag or snow or moto, whatever it is, you guys have the same vision I have. 
let's make this what we love. Let's make it bigger and better. So I joined Flow in February of 22. Uh, so I guess I'm here like 18 months now, I think. Um, and and just the, the change in Flow just from when I started 18 months ago till now, there are things happening that I never saw coming. Like I just, I think I said about two months ago, well, it's never boring. Like we just, we don't know what's coming. And, and, and then when it does happen, you just get so excited all over again. So um, really, really happy to be a part of this team learning so much about drag racing. You know, I, I grew up in the dirt ovals. I was a dirt track girl. I'm learning so much about your sport and, and just so impressed with the business side of it. And it true drag racing is truly the most diverse and accessible form of motorsports that I've ever been a part of. And to me, it's like, how, how do we showcase that? Like, how do we get that out there? So more people get interested in the sport and, and not that drag racing doesn't have a very invested audience because you do This fan base is very loyal. I want all the other racing fan bases to see what I'm seeing now. So that's kind of when I look at drag racing, that's where I'm like honed in on. Like, how do I get people like me to start watching and appreciating drag racing? Well, and I would echo that challenge because I think that's something that, you know, Mike and I have talked about in the past. I think anybody that is involved with a race team when it comes to marketing, B2C, B2B, the, the impact of the fan engagement, the activation at a racetrack for a business to try to do customer conversion, to try to gain customer loyalty moving forward. Those are all, you know, if, you know, to, to be business geeky, if you will, if you put a SWAT board up, it's like you, you literally can go and change those challenges in the, you know, if you want to make those threats, well, there are also opportunities. There are also strengths. There are also weaknesses because they're, they're always changing. Our, our dynamic in the world of motorsports has changed so much. You know, when you start your, you said you're a dirt track girl, like, you know, I'm being from North Carolina, mainly it was really drag racing with my family, but my dad was a NASCAR fan. So you know, my time within the army when I was part of the army team and going to NASCAR races and being uh, affected with momentum and McCann Erickson and the activations and engagements out on the, on midways and so forth to see how that changed over two decades. And then fast forward. Now it's two decades later that I'm almost removed from it or decade and a half, if you will. And it's changed again, and it's getting ready to go through another change. And, you know, <clears throat> I think in grad school, we read the, or, oh my God, no, my sophomore year of college, we read the book, Who Moved My Cheese? That tells you how old I am. But that that book is actually legitimately, it's what we deal with every day in every level, line item, if you will, of motorsports. Like one of my favorite books, and, and this is when I worked actually with Rick Hendricks Automotive Group, was What Got You Here Won't Get You There. Yep. And that's like a motto I live by, like, no matter what position you are in, in this sport, if you feel like I finally have it all figured out, you're done because someone's figuring out the next thing already. And that's where like, 
drivers, team owners, sponsors, track promoters, streaming, it doesn't matter. You have always got to be looking at how can we get better? You are never just, okay, we're good now. You cannot rest on that. And and I know we're like getting off on a tangent, like this is not even about streaming anymore, but it's, but it, the sport is so hard for, you know, for lack of, of a better term, it's so fast moving that we can't sit back and rest. So it's constantly evolving. You've constantly got to keep up because what the sport was 10 years ago isn't what it is now. And it's surely not going to look like it does now, 10 years from now. So you have to be looking 10 years down the road. And, and it's hard to do that because our sport is so time consuming. I mean, we are on the road. How much of our lives? Like we are living out of hotel rooms. We're living on airplanes. Like that is our life. So it's really hard to think past the week ahead of you. But it is a sport that demands that you look five years, 10 years ahead of you if you want to stay on top of your game. Oh, absolutely. When you, and now I'm going to take a personal perspective with this because of of our interaction, my personal interaction with flow. So I remember seeing the first flow for me set up at an event. And it was a small trailer with like three camera guys and maybe two people that were in this trailer. Right. So I'm, so that I'm trying to think, I think it was actually one of the PDRA events, like one of the very first ones. Mm -hmm. So I was like, man, okay, this is a little, this is, you know, you think about scale, but you know, me, I personally have experience with Warren Evans and what he does with NHRA racer and, and what he did with that, you know, on the divisional side for NHRA. And that's basically what Warren is Warren's small trailer, a couple guys some cameras. And, and I'm thinking, okay, well, these guys, you know, they're, they're at least what we're used to seeing. Mm-hmm. Then I went to work with you and I remember going from Bradenton to South Georgia and they roll in with this trailer. And I went, holy shit, look at this. (laughs) And and I did. And I remember telling Eric, the you know, on site, the producer on site, I went, man, we just turned the knob, didn't we? And he goes, yes. And it's going to get turned again. And so it's like, that's on the ground. You visually see, and you can tell someone when they go, oh, they're not investing in this or they need better equipment. I'm going, guys. They're doing it just, just, you know, I'm a military guy. So I remember being in third world countries and we drop a cell signal while you're trying to talk to your family and we're the military, you know, we put bombs on people from like 10,000 miles away. We can still drop a cell signal. Okay. So if you think we can drop a cell signal in a third world country, you don't think we can't drop a signal while you're at a racetrack. I mean, it is difficult, right? It is extremely difficult to maintain that signal. That being said, because you consume this and you look at it, what did you think about this past weekend hearing about what NHRA did on Fox on FS1 with seven hours of coverage for the for the national event in Topeka? Obviously, based on weather, circumstances beyond their control. And I'm sitting here going, watching it, going, wow. And we complain about not having enough content when we live stream, why, why don't we show this? Why don't we show that? Have you, did, did you and your staff have any, you know, conversation or go, man, did you see this? Do you know how big of a challenge that is? I mean, any thoughts on that? 
I mean, pure honesty, no. Like what we're focused on is what's on our table. Right. Like what do we need to be focused on right now? What are we looking at? How can we get better? We, I applaud our teams because we, you know, we have all these separate production teams for different disciplines of racing. And we really focus on a, how are we better than our last production? So if we're going to sit at a table and talk, it's going to be like our last show. How do we get better than that? The next thing is how do we improve the whole sport? What can we do that maybe hasn't been done yet, but we think we can do it. I just had that conversation today, literally an hour ago about an idea we have for a drag event. And I'm like, if we can do this, this is going to be awesome. Obviously, I can't talk about it yet. But if we can do this, this is going to be awesome. So like our team really focuses down into what can we accomplish? What do we, what can we accomplish that's for us? But more so, what can we accomplish that the fans will enjoy and appreciate? So we try to listen to what's what the conversation is and the conversation that I keep hearing and and correct me if I'm wrong, Don, you're there. Like you, you have the pulse. The conversation I keep hearing is we need to showcase personalities more. We need to tell the backstories. We need fans to connect with the driver for so long. It was focus on the cars. The cars are the story. Everyone loves the cars it is hard to get an emotional connection to a vehicle. I'm going to get an emotional connection to a human being that I can identify with. Drive to survive, change the game across the board. Whether you are an F1 fan or not, drive to survive changed everything. And not just in motorsports, in all sports. Everybody wants their drive to survive. And the main thing I took away from Drive to Survive is they didn't focus on the cars. I mean, those to me are like the most beautiful, complex, like crazy race car in the world. And that's what F1's always been, right? Is it's this car and that's crazy speeds and crazy technology. That show did not focus on the car. It was on the drivers. It's what's going on behind the scenes. It, it showed personalities to people that I probably didn't know half their names even before that show started. Now I'm waking up at 6 a.m. every Sunday trying to watch F1. So everybody's addicted to it because of the personalities. So you tell me, like I'm, I'm turning the tables. I'm asking you now, do you think that's what's missing the most in drag racing is telling the backstories of the actual drivers behind the wheel? Well, and. And I think you probably know the answer to that, you know, because you and I are are pretty smart cookies. We don't typically ask questions that we don't already know the answers to. But (laughs) I think I think I think it was very apparent. I remember going and, and, you know, and I'm kind of a full disclosure type person, you know, outside any trade secrets. But like when I showed up to do, you know, to work with you and the team at Flow and and Bradenton. And I remember having a conversation with Courtney and telling her, look, I'm going to suck at this for a while. And and Eric, and I'm like, just give me a chance. I said, but but I want to tell the people stories of this. That is, you know, and when we got to, you know, I got through the first crappy weekend, I kept giving myself F scores and Eric kept saying, no, you're getting better. You're getting better. You'll be fine. That's what hooks people. It's what hooks me. It's everybody anybody can spend a bunch of money and go get a car and go fast 
right? Yeah, like that's the but not everybody has the same personalities. I want that piece of it. Um, and I remember having those conversations conversations, excuse me, with Eric and Tom and Courtney, like. I want to go over here and do this interview. We need to talk to these people that just got done thrashing, changing their third transmission in the last three hours. They're still winning. These guys are look like they've been rolling in the mud, which they weren't, but they, that's how dirty they were They're, You know, I was talking about Spencer Hyde team at, at world series of pro mod. Like I want this emotion. This is the, you know, this is the story. This is what, people do relate with that they worked all week long these guys drove in they got here at 6 a.m on friday morning from canada i mean they're these are i mean for the love of god that's what it's about and and i don't a lot of times and this is just me I think a lot of times the people that are trying to get the story or the emotion or the sound bite out of the individuals I don't think they know how to go about doing it all the time. I think that they miss the interaction. They're more feeling the pressure of holding the microphone in the camera and they're not getting drawing that piece out, but you're absolutely right. I, I think that's, that's all I want to know about is the story. I want to, you know, I, Anthony Lum, who was working on one of the radio versus the world cars at South Georgia motorsports park, they had, they stayed up for 23 hours drove all the way to North Carolina to get an engine, stayed up all night. They look like hell. And I'm like, dude, I'm going to roll up in your pit. and It's going to look like I'm just busting through the door and we're going to do an interview because you guys are dead tired. You, you can, you visually can see it. This is not a charade. And he's like, man, come on. And we did. And it looked great and it turned out great, but like, that's the feeling you because our, our sport of drag racing is a sensory deal, right? Like it really is like, I don't care whether it's top fuel pro mod, top dragster, whatever down to stock, super stock. Like it's a sensory deal to, to feel that. And when you're live streaming or you're sitting at home, it's really hard to convey that sensory. Yeah. There's, right. you don't have that stake. Right. But emotion, you can see and feel emotion you can bond with some correlating traits and characteristics of people you can you know why and i'll tell you this why is it every time a race team loses a significant other or a family member or someone that's important to them and and they talk about it during a soundbite or there's a decal made right like you automatically have a relationship factor who doesn't know someone that they lost someone in their life to cancer or to MS or, you know, military service member or a first responder, like, like people relate with that. And you saying that about telling the stories, the backstory, I want to know who's pissed off. I, I yeah. want to know, I want to know that you and one of your team members are not seeing eye to eye on how the story should be told. That's cool to me. Because it's passion about what it is we're trying to do and accomplish. I want even simplifying, right? Like two cars. Tell me why I should want that one to win and not that one. Tell me why. I, I'm a newbie, right? Like the fans all just went nuts because that car won. Why? Why did they not want the other one to win? Tell me those stories. And that's, and again, that's coming from a new drag racing person. 
But I would argue people who've been fans of drag racing for decades still don't know the stories. There are still stories they don't know and they haven't heard. And, and that could be from, from lifelong drag racers. That could be, I mean, John Force, I think, has told every story known to man. But there's probably still something not told, right? There's something there. So take him out. Now you've got new young drivers coming in. What are their stories? How do you make them beloved like John Force is? There's a story there. There's personality. Once they're strapped in a car, that you can't see that personality. You, you don't know that. You've got to get them outside the car. You've got to show them what's going on during the week. What's going on when they get to the racetrack? What relationship do they have with their fans? You know, I see... Prime example, I'm at uh, Norwalk not too long ago. Steve Torrance is like, hey, come over here. I got to get my car. I'm like, okay. So I walk over and he's like, earplugs. And I'm like, okay. And then everybody puts gas masks on, right? And I'm like, whoa, like, wait, I feel like I should not be standing here. And they're like, he and his whole team just stand there, trust us, experience this. It made me a bigger fan immediately. And I got it, like all these people standing around, but it was because he took the time and effort to make that connection. It wasn't just a, here's a hero card, learn about me on the back. There's a bio. And then you're supposed to know if you like that person or not. Like, I just feel like the days of identifying with a car, they're still there, right? Like people still have their allegiances, but man, we want to connect with humans. We want to know, does my story match your story? Does, is your story something that's so crazy to me that I want to learn more about it? You know, like Dale Earnhardt didn't become Dale Earnhardt just because he drove a car. There's a reason like people gravitate towards me, had this personality. Those personalities exist in drag racing. Let's get them out there. Let's showcase that. Tell who these people are. That's what I want to see more of. Well, and I can echo that. And because you and I have been in the world of motorsports for a long period of time, I am a product of the Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday parking lot travel schedule. I remember doing those setups when I was driving the army car. Uh, I used to do them for Feld Entertainment with the Hooters and go to Hooters restaurants Tuesdays and Wednesdays and Thursdays leading up to a race weekend. And you're in the parking lot and your car's out there and people are coming by and you're, you're interacting with them. You're doing ticket giveaways. You're doing whatever it is, products and so forth. You're creating local buzz. You have the TV market. That's part of that, right? Like those days are so far removed now. Like we don't create our own grassroots buzz which then carries over as they travel around the country. Like there's no like, Oh, I saw you in Charlotte in the spring. I'll see you in Charlotte when you come back in the fall. Well, so you're not watching when we go to Ohio and Bristol and Florida and Texas and Kansas and you're not watching then. No, no. I mean, why it's, you you know, so like you, you're, you gotta plant the seed so you can, you know, farm it so we can water it, fertilize it and watch it grow and nurture it and foster these relationships with the fan base. And I think a lot of that has to do with mindset perspective of individuals that may not, may not be completely invested in our sport, you know? And we need, like, we need the people with personalities 
to be comfortable and trusting enough to show that personality. No, you're asking for a lot right there. Right. Like there's a lot of people that are just like, "Mm, I don't know if I say this, could I get in trouble with my sponsor? That like, that is a fine line to walk. It is. We have to figure that out too. And, And I think that's part of the job with, with a streaming company or, or with any broadcasting platform, you have to earn trust. And for us, you know, Flo's only been streaming racing for like four years. You know, we're still fairly new to the racing world. We've, we're growing at a, an extremely fast pace where we've stormed into people's living rooms, you know, and it's like, you would think Flo's been doing this for 10 years and you look back and think, man, it has not been that long. We're still trying to earn that trust. And I feel like in the dirt world, we've done a really good job. The dirt fans know who flow is. They see our logo. They see the F Hawk and they know they can trust us. We're building that in drag racing. You know, I listened to some of Mike's interview with you before I came on and it was like, how much has changed in that time? You know, he talked about the, the test and invest. We needed to make sure the fans would invest in what we're doing. And they are like there's we're seeing, you know, viewership going up. There's more interest from fans and what flows covering uh, more interest from tracks and promoters. We're gaining that that trust in the sport. We're gaining our footing in the sport. And when that starts happening, that allows us to think bigger picture. That allows us to say, okay, now we can focus on what's the next step to be better in drag racing. What's the next thing we have to do to give the fans what they want? What's the next thing we can invest in to grow the sport? That's what we're constantly looking at. And, you know, I'm sure we're going to get there. I'm jumping ahead because I'm positive you're going to mention it. But having this team of the pro team, trust flow to put this event on, to, to broadcast this event that obviously means so much to them. We, we are taking that very seriously. This is a, a giant opportunity for us. It's, it means the world to me when I've met these people on this, on this team that, you know, Tony Stewart, who we have a relationship also with in the dirt world, but like Richard Freeman, Michelle Damagala, to talk to Steve Torrance and Bob Task, like they're so passionate and they have this vision of what this event's going to be. And they're trusting us to make that vision come to life. And I'm like, this is a lot. This is a lot on us, but this is also what we've wanted. This is why we're in this sport. We want to do events like this and the opportunities here now. And I mean, if, if there's if there's nothing else I get across to the listeners on this, it's that we understand the weight of this. We, we are excited for it. We're ready for the challenge. And I truly believe in this event and, and what Pro is doing to build this event and, and, and the image or the vision they have of telling the stories and getting them behind the scenes. And instead of a track, it's like an all-encompassing story for a weekend. And it's, I'm already excited. I mean, I'm so excited I booked my travel the day after the announcement. Like that's that's how excited I am about this race. I'm like, oh, booked my flight and room. I'm good to go. Like this is happening. Um, it's just really cool to see a, a fan base who, who, like you said, 
they're used to the free, right? They don't want to pay. They're embracing us now. They're, they're, they're starting to embrace us and we're seeing it. And that's like, this is what we wanted. Well, and I know that needle moving because we will, we'll talk about the pro of it because you, you know, I'm, you know, my meters about damn near broke, broke the F off when it comes to talking about it. Cause I'm, I'm excited yeah. for it as well. So, but moving the needle from the free aspect to the pay, right? Like, again, I, I always try to have an intellectual conversation, a constructive, you know, debate, if you will, with individuals. When I, when I tell them everything that I look at, that gets done in the world of motorsports. I look at from three sides because I'm, able to do that. I'm able to look at it from a marketing standpoint. I'm able to look at it from a business standpoint. Then I'm able to look at it from a racer standpoint. So I can look at all three angles and come up with the, you know, the best lessons learned, why we have to do this, why it needs to be done. Give it a chance, calm down. Don't jump off the deep end. The world's not ending type approach and moving the needle, I believe has to do is now fast forward three years. Now it's normal for you to pay to consume your content. It's just fragmented out how you're doing it. You know, most people used to pay direct TV or dish or time Warner or spectrum or whatever the cable company acquisition is of this year, hundreds of dollars a month to have TV or your internet or whatever the case is. Right. And so people cut the cord, whatever, that was the worst freaking cliche ever, but no, no matter what you still got to have power, you knucklehead. What do you mean? Cut the cord anyway. So now everybody spends their money to consume the content that they want. And I think that's where the needle is starting to move. I also believe that the needle is moving because other forms of motorsports have in line regardless of what the numbers are, right? Like you referred to F1 in their Netflix situation. We talk about NASCAR and Peacock in USA, and now they're going to the CW. Uh, there's mm -hmm. talk that they might possibly end up with Amazon and YouTube somewhere in there, right? And so these are the larger media consuming in the world of motorsports uh race organizations they're drawing this attention and shining this light on the fact that streaming and, and absorbing the content that way or consuming it if you will is normal that's normal now it's not it's not abnormal so what flow is asking for in the world of dirt and drag racing at different levels now that's normal now it's common Okay, now you're delivering a product that is in line with the price point in which you're asking for and what I'm consuming for. So I think that in itself, like time-wise, like, I, and Mike might get upset, but we had this conversation a couple of years ago at PRI, like flow spot, and I've talked about it here on the show, flow spot is to impact the regional or fragmented segments of the world of motorsports across the country and the world. Like you have your place to deliver to the numbers of us that are out here that that's what we love to follow. That's what we're passionate about. I am not a dirt track person. I have no problem saying that. Now you, you released the dirt life and I watched 
all of them. Like I waited. I think I sent you a text message. I was like, look at your name in the credits down here. You know, like I waited because I'm like, look at these guys and they're grinding away. And, and those are the, the backstories and, you know, watching these guys get emotional in the pits and flows camera crews, not bombarding them, but consuming enough for you to have an emotional interaction connection with the driver who gave away a finish because he let off before the, the finish line. I think that was in like episode two or three or whatever. Like, that's probably the main thing people probably talk to about now. Yeah. Yeah. And he's flipping the toolbox over and that's, that's emotion. That is passion. Damn it. That's what we want at home. And, and, and that goes back to my, they trusted our cameras and they trust when we said, these are flow, like flow is going to do this. We had never done dirt, the documentary before. They didn't know what that was going to look like. They just knew, hey, Flo's been in our sport now for several years. They're growing our sport. They're investing in our sport. Fans are watching what they're doing. I trust them to do a good job with this. And I trust them to really show this in the best way without manipulating it. Like we're not, this is not staged. You know, this is not scripted. But they trusted us. And that's where you get this raw emotion. That's what we're building, right? And I feel like dirt racing probably has a jump start because when Flo started in racing, it was it was with USAC. It was with dirt racing. So we have a jump start with that fan base. We I I want, I say we, I, I want personally, like I want us to get there with drag racing. I want the fans to trust us. I want the promoters to trust us. And we are getting there. We're chipping away at it. Um you know, we, the, the, the cost of streaming, we heard loud and clear. We get it. We have 1,400 events a year. Now, that's events, not, not nights. So, like, if a race is four nights, that's counted as one event. So, if you added up all of the nights of racing, like, it's, it's just this countless number. But when you have that many nights of racing, you really have to look at, like, what can we accomplish? And drag racing right now, I believe of those 1,400 is like 50 of those. We're going to keep adding. Like, we need to keep adding. And I get why if there's 1,400 races and there's 1,000 dirt races, well, then $160 a year is like, whoa, bargain. You know, it's great. When we first get into a sport like drag racing, it's $160 a year. But let's say 10 years ago, or sorry, two years ago, we had 20 races. Well, what's a great value for dirt might not be. So that's something we always take into consideration. And now we have the monthly option. So yes. now fans, if, if drag racing, like, hey, I only want to watch these two events and they happen to fall in the same month. Well, man, you just got both of those big events for 40 bucks. So that's, we're looking at like, how can we keep adapting to the different fan bases? Because the fan base of drag racing is different than the fan base of dirt racing. Very different. Surprise me at how different it is. Same thing with our snow audience. They're different than drag fans. They're different than dirt fans. So like trying to lump in a motorsports fan as a motorsports fan is not accurate at all. They all have this different personality. They all have different wants. They all have different desires. And we're just trying to find those and learn about that fan base and keep building how we can fit and fulfill their needs. Oh, and, 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 you know, you're, you're absolutely right because 
I, I mean, just this past weekend, I had an interaction. We talk about fragmented world of drag racing. So I'm, I'm playing, I, I got all in my, all in my feelings of emotion and competitiveness and went to the, the local casino here in Evansville. And I just wanted to play cards for a little while. So I'm sitting here playing cards and these three guys come up and I swear, I know, them. like, I, I swear I've seen them somewhere. And so we're playing cards for about two hours playing blackjack. And I finally look over at him and I'm like, man, you guys from around here? And they're like, nah, we're from Bowling Green, Kentucky. I'm like, well, okay, that's from around here. I was like, you guys drag race? He's like, yeah, yeah, radio race, small tire car, Fox body Mustang. And I'm like, oh, okay. All right. And he looked at me and he goes, why? I was like, oh, I drag race. And he's like, oh yeah. He didn't know who I was, but I had seen him at ducks race. And it, it, you know, and I'm like, but he's like, oh yeah, I don't follow NHRA. And I'm like, it, 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 and that doesn't bother me. Like, I, I don't care. Be a fan of the sport at whatever, you know, you use the word discipline, which is really cool at whatever discipline or segment that you want to be, be part of the growth, regardless of which one it is. If it's yours that you're passionate about, great. For me, I'm passionate about them all. I want them all to grow because we all need it. Business-wise, from the top, all the way down to the local track at the concession stand for the $5 hamburger. We we need everybody to, to be invested in, in the umbrella, if you will, of motorsports. Now, let's talk about pro. I, <laughs> I, know, I, know, I, know you're, I know you're a busy person. Now, for me... That announced, I when I got the text message that there was going to be an announcement coming, like I was going, I looked at it and I said, Pro, West Buck, and Flow. And and my actual owner was at a race out of town. He sent me a text. He goes, What do you think this all is all about? And I was like, take those three, add them all up, and all I'm going to do is equal it out to something big. And when the announcement came out, it was awesome. Like now I want the behind the scenes. We just talked about this, right? Like, you know, I'm an on, I'm an on the camera guy with the mic. I want the back behind the scenes story. Y'all didn't just get around a bar table, pass napkins around, have vodka soda and some high noons and pin this out in like 60 minutes. Did you? No, no, actually this, um, I wasn't actually involved when this first got discussed. It was it was a random weekend in like May, maybe. I got a phone call and was like, hey, I think there might be an opportunity to do something big in drag racing. And I was like, okay, well, you know, outside of NHR, like what, what are we talking like big in drag racing? They're like, I just, we're just going to have a meeting and talk. We're going to see where this goes. Flow did not, like, we didn't build this event. This event was built from the passion of the people involved. And the, the passionate people, this pro team, like, this group of, of insanely intelligent people had this whole idea mapped out and then just said, we, we want to do this. Do you want to do it with us? That's how simple it was from the flow side. Do you want to do it with us? Who is going to say no, right? Like what, what, what streaming platform or what broadcasting partner is going to go, no, nah, we're not in. Go like, you're out. 
So like, I think oh. it took a few meetings internally because just like I was just saying, we know we have to do this justice. We know the, the, the concept and the vision that is had for this event to the people at home, that's going to fall on us. That's going to fall on flow. Now they have amazing plans. Like I am a big, big, big advocate for take your race and make it an event. The people will come if you make it an event. They have plans of that. Like I'm hearing like live music, all this off track stuff that's going to happen. Like it's going to be a race with a massive party. Like I cannot wait to see this. So that falls on them, right? But for anyone who can't be there, it's like, we better be good. And we're taking this seriously. And, and I think, you know, as we're building our reputation in drag racing, to, to get the trust of that group, that means the world to us. But it also comes with a lot of pressure. So, you know, we're how many months out? We're like six months out. Yep. This is being discussed inside flow every single day. This event is a daily conversation. It is a daily meeting. What are we going to do for this? What are we going to do? How are we going to make this better? Let's start targeting this. What's our calendar look like? There's so much that we want to do, not just for the pro group putting the race on, but for the drivers, for the teams, for their sponsors, for the fans at home. We want to be that conduit of sorts that takes the event and brings it to you. And I think we have the opportunity. We have the staff. I mean, you, you talked about Eric Shermer, um, who's one of our producers in drag racing, Tom Bobolts, who's like the head of drag production for Flow. I mean, Tom, it's like as soon as this meeting was, or this race was discussed, Tom's wheels, like you could see it just turning and turning. And then like Courtney Enders, since I've started at Flow, and has been one of the biggest game changers for for our flow racing vertical that we've that we brought on board like Courtney's just not only is is she so passionate but the fans listen to her they want to hear Courtney's point of view like she she legitimized us in the drag racing world like that she's fantastic and and truthfully I I don't know if we'd be in the same position we're in now without Courtney I don't I don't know if that would have happened so Courtney really revolutionized too the idea of like, hey, but just because we're flow racing, like drag racing fans don't want to see all that dirt stuff and they don't want to see all that. Like, can we segment? So now you'll see there's like a flow drag racing social media accounts. There's flow drag racing on YouTube, not just flow racing. And that I think really helped build what we were doing. Drag racing is not just another like, yeah, throw it on there. We'll add it to what we have. It is a very focused effort to help build and grow that sport. And, you know, there, there's this idea of like the underserved sports. We want to come in and, and be, we want to fill that void. And I really, I believe, especially since when Mike was on this with you in 2020, I think we've proven that we can do that. I hope we've proven. I, you're, you said they're all going to reach out to LinkedIn and they're going to find my social media. I'm sure I'm going to hear I'm going to hear what we haven't done right. Right. Like I want oh, to, hear God. I want to hear that. Like, how do you get better if you don't know? I want well, to hear that. Well, and you're absolutely, and I will say that that was, 
you know, and you, and so we'll go ahead. I'm, I'm going to get my pom-poms out real quick. I don't look real good in the skirt, but I'm, <laughs> I'm going to get the pom-poms out. So Courtney and, and God love her. Right. I mean, legitimately from this aspect, I remember her and I exchanging some text messages at the end of, of 22 talking about doing on air stuff. She's like, Hey, come over. Let's, let's, you know, I, I'm like, okay, maybe, you know, okay. I don't know. And then finally I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll do it. And then meeting the people behind the scenes that are there. You talk about Eric, you talk about Tom, talk about like, they are passionate about doing the right thing. Like I, you know, having conversations with Courtney and I'm like, Hey, you know, can we do this? And she's like, we don't have equipment to do that, but it's coming. We've talked about it. That's a great idea. Tom doing the same thing. Hey, I know what you're trying to do. We can't pull that off, but I'm going to figure it out. We might have to do it by cell phone. Like, you know, like the, the, the ability and the willingness, you know, and I'm a military guy. So like execute under fire, right? Like, don't tell me, no, tell me how. Like that's, you know, don't tell me, no, yeah, we're getting shot at right now. Don't tell me we can't leave. We can't get out of here. Tell me how we're going to get out of here. And, and he, he and Eric and Courtney and Kelsey, like the, and then even with you, like the brain of, Hey, no one ever takes the feedback negatively or to a point that it's like some sort of attack, like the level of maturity and, and passion to execute and do better it just it just drains like it's everybody has it in them and and it's and there's no like if something goes wrong we'll we'll get it we're gonna fix it everybody's you know be calm yes we just lost the feed i think it was like the quarterfinals or something down there at bradington and it had nothing to do with us and all of us are getting text messages from all these people that are watching right hey your feed's down yeah okay thanks i can fix it but it had nothing to do with flow it was completely off property it had nothing to do with us but we look like crap everybody thinks that you're not doing your job and it's like wait a minute it had nothing to do with us yeah, Zero. and, and um, they don't know that, right? Like the streaming world is very um, foreign to most people. They just know they turn their TV on and they see something. <laughs> you know, it's like little fairies <laughs> in the background to make that happen. Like they don't get it. I was one of those people. Like I, I understand. I was one of them. But yeah, no flow takes it. Negativity for us. Let me rephrase this. Negativity presented to us in like a positive manner, like, Hey guys, like we'd love to see this, that like we strive to meet those needs. Can we meet all of them? No. Like I would love to do some of these things. These people think we can do like, Oh God, that would, right. you're right. That would be awesome. I would love to be able to do that. But what we can do, we're going to do everything we can to make that happen. And that's why I love the flow racing team. You know, flow has 20 plus different sports. Today on a call about racing, a producer was like, hey, I got to produce a wrestling match a few months ago, and I really liked this thing we did with wrestling. And I think I think we could like put that into effect in racing and like really change. And I'm like, that's the kind of stuff we need to keep discussing. You know, we we having 20 plus sports, it's a lot to take on, but it also provides us with something that no other streaming platform has right now. Because we can learn from all of our other other sports, 
And we're introducing racing to wrestling fans, to hockey fans, to track and field fans. Like if you have a subscription to flow, you can watch all of flow. And that's what I think is like so interesting to me as we grow this sport, we are making non-race fans, race fans. We're not making drag fans, dirt fans or dirt fans, drag fans. We're literally making non-racing fans, racing fans. And to me, like as a former promoter, that is so hard to do. It is so hard to take a stick and ball person and have them like a motorsport. But we're doing it. We're accomplishing that. And to me, it's like, my God, let's keep going. Like, what's next? Like, I didn't see this pro event happening six months ago. Like, my job is so fun because I don't know what's coming next. You know, we did the million and dirt racing at Eldora. We got to give away a million dollars. Like, what's next? That's what I wake up trying to think about every day is what's next? Because even the impossible could be a random phone call in May that suddenly is like, well, this is going to be cool. Well, I couldn't agree with you more. And I know I've had you on for a long time and I know you've got like, you just got done saying you got all these meetings and, and the pups let me know, Hey dude, you're cutting into my time here. So I, I do, I do have a couple more things for you. One, I wanted to go back. You made a comment about how you don't really look at anybody else. You compare yourself internally and, and I want to echo that, but also at the same time, I want to give your leadership team uh, a shout out here to you and your staff that I had that conversation and it was, we are our own bar. So, so we set our level of success. And I think the biggest thing that resonates with me is that your leadership and executive team, your personnel, they don't rest on their laurels. Yeah, we did good today. We can do better tomorrow. And I think that was something that I picked up from Courtney, Tom, and Eric working right off the bat with them. It's something that I got obviously from you as well. Like that feedback piece is, yeah, we did great today, guys. We can do better tomorrow. There's always. And so I think it's always, I don't think that gets conveyed enough to people that do spend money and invest with flow and consume your events. But I wanted that to kind of be said because I know firsthand how hard you, you, the team at flow works like i i do personally with my own interactions the the next one is that the aspect of okay you don't know where it's coming from but just tell me tell me how exciting it is inside flow every month when you see the growth that that you're that you're experiencing like i mean like do Cause, cause naysayers, naysayers are out there. The haters wake up every day. They have an unlimited supply of hater aid. They just walk down the hallway, grab it out of the fridge and chug it. And then they get on social media. How, will, how just fulfilling is it in just chest swelling for your guys' level of success that you've done in the last 24 months? Um, it, this sounds like the pessimistic answer, right? But I don't think there's been a single moment yet where we've been like, we did that. Yay us. A, we don't have the time. B, we want to do the next big thing. Like I really, I'm, I'm really trying to think of like what moment where we like, oh my God, we just did that. And that was awesome. Dirt is probably the one I can think of the most. When Dirt came out, when FS1 picked it up, I think that was probably 
like all of us kind of looked around and we're like, this is awesome. Like we are showcasing this sport that is, is so grassroots to, to the world on a linear network. Like this is, this is really cool. What's next. It immediately became what's next. Um, for us, I think, and, and maybe I'm just speaking for me, I think my proudest moments in the sport are when you get people who are very influential in the sport and they want to work with you. That's probably the proudest moments to me. So having a relationship with Tony Stewart, having a relationship with Kyle Larson, um, having a business relationship now with Dale Earnhardt Jr., you know, these are all people who they have their pick of who they want to work with. Right. And everyone would be dying to work with names like that. The fact that they come to flow with their ideas, they come to us saying, hey, I want to work with you guys on this. And 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 look, the pro group is awesome. Like Richard Freeman and I like I could talk to that guy all day long. Like he gets me hyped up. I love it. But I know Tony had influence in that. Because Tony's worked with with Flo and he trusts us. He knows we're going to do it right. And building the relationships with people like that, that to me, are the, the, those relationships are probably my proudest moments, more so than like, man, that race was awesome. Camera's off, flawless. Okay, we're good. I've never stopped watching a stream and thought, okay, that's awesome. We're good now. Like I, I've never felt that way. I don't think anyone in flow feels that way. It's, Hey, what are we streaming tomorrow with 1400 events? You don't have time. You don't have time to say that was good. You know, like there are weekends we have like 25, 30 events in one weekend. You don't have time. You got to start watching the next one. All right. Well, I'm going to be selfish. Cause I know I felt like Courtney and I had mic drop moments at world series of pro mod. When we, when we went off the air there, it was definitely one of those deals where like, hell yes, we just did that. But you know, Hey, I'm a, you know, I already said I'm a cheerleader type guy. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. All right. little technical difficulty there is we, oh, there's, there she's back. So, <laughs> With the growling dog, as always. That's fine. I don't mind. All right. I'm going to let you get out of here, but you got to answer the two questions that all our guests have to answer. Okay. You get to send one Christmas card to anybody in motorsports, alive or dead. Who are you sending it to? Alive or dead. Anybody mm. you want to pick in the world of motorsports. Can I pick two? Well, hell yeah. You're Kendra Jacobs. You can pick two. So this, isn't, this probably isn't a flow thing. This is more like a Kendra thing. Um, so like past Christmas card would probably go to Ted Johnson, which a lot of people in this sport might not know, but Ted Johnson, um, was the founder and creator of the world of outlaws. So my life, my career would not exist without the vision that man had. So he has sadly left us, but that would be the Christmas card. The Christmas card now would probably go to Kyle Larson. Um, because he is transcending every form of motorsports. Um, Tony has now one-upped him going to drag racing. You know, we're like, hey, Kyle, what's next? Um, but I got to give props to Kyle, too, because he just unveiled his. Now uh, we lost Kendra again. Give us one sec here. There she comes back. 
I'm telling you, Zoom, Zoom hates me. Zoom hates my computer. Um, That's okay. So, so Tony Kyle. Tony Kyle now, Ted Johnson then. I picked three. I really cheated. You really did, but that's okay. We'll let you get away with it. Anybody that anybody that's got red high heels with some bubble gum on the bottom of it on her wall, we're gonna give her we're gonna give her a pass. Uh, yeah. we'll let her we'll let her set her own rules. All right, here's the one that always gets everybody. You get to send one WTF card to anybody in motorsports. Who are you sending it to? Oh God, I feel like this could be career damaging. I told right? you only thirty people listen to the show, so you're good. I think my biggest one would probably go to um, F1 at the moment. Mm. A, for how they messed up the um, outcome of the Lewis versus Max, like the best point battle like in history. And I feel like they totally botched that whole deal. Um, but now it's like you have the world's attention, right? Drive to survive, did what you wanted. And your on-track product is struggling. So let's get that figured out because you have the audience, but man, I can't, I can't keep stomach. I, I can't keep watching Max win every single weekend. So that'd probably be my WTF right now. Like let's get, let's get F1 back to being super competitive on the track. I'd love to see that again. Um, and that's really safe for me, right? Cause I don't work at all in F1. So I didn't uh, I, I pick the safest one. Like I don't at all have connections to F1. So no one can be mad at me. Look at that. We're going to get, you're going to get out of here with all of your integrity, your morals, your values, your ethics, everything intact, professionalism, Kendra, as always, it was great to have you on, talk to you uh, both on air and off air. Uh, you guys, you are doing great. I, and you know, I told Mike in a text message, and there, there's one thing I never have a problem doing, and that's owning a mistake or a perspective that I didn't see was going to come to fruition. And you guys totally served up a truckload of eating crow for me. I'm very happy to say that because it benefits me in the world of motorsports, personally and professionally. Thank you to everybody on your team, everybody all the way around, uh, Mike, Tom, yourself, Courtney. Uh, you guys have impacted my life drastically, uh, personally and professionally, but you also have impacted a sport that I am rooted in and deeply love. Well, thank you very much. I mean, thank you for having me on a drag racing podcast. This is a first very big that I'm going to mark it down on my calendar that you trusted me. So, um, I will see you at a racetrack soon. Hopefully. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we are going to have you back because we're going to go down some more. There's some marketing aspects of your life that I did not get to talk about. And so we're going to have to have you back because you changed a few things and fan experiences from people that have shared with me at your world of going uh, left on a regular basis. And I want to uh, draw some of that out for our listener base as well. Great. Count me in. Folks, that's Kendra Jacobs, Flow Racing, Queen of Streaming, Flow Racing. Make sure to get yourself a subscription as they will be carrying the pro event in February, as well as World Series of Pro Mod, Radio Racing, PDRA, NMCA, NMRA. If it is drag racing and it is not NHRA, you will find it on Flow. Folks, we'll be right back to wrap up. Right after this.
All right, folks. Like I said, it was great to have Kendra on. I know the interview went a little long. That being said, I got to get the kudos and the props out. Brian Loans, Bruno, Amanda, Tony Pendergon, you guys did a bang-up job at Topeka pulling off the live piece uh, for three hours, five hours, seven hours. I mean, it was crazy uh, for the last national this past weekend on FS1. Great job. Kudos. Cause that is, that is definitely something that was a challenge and, and to be able to pull that off, you were seeing it as just as we were. So that was great. I think it's huge. Uh, hope, hope that we see more of that moving forward. Last bit, last bit. Hey, folks, mental health, man, I'm telling you, I'm sitting here with a busted up arm, uh, right hand dominant. You want to talk about wearing on yourself? Uh, that can mentally get you. I got up today, a couple days after the procedure, and went to the gym just so I could go and move some weight around and and feel normal versus just sitting here. Uh, licking my wounds, if you will, just the mental aspect of getting out, moving, being around people. Sometimes you need that to bust up uh, a low point, if you will. So uh, don't ever discount just getting up and moving your body to make yourself feel better. So that's the, the quick mental health tip for the day. The next tip is on the physical fitness side. Do yourself a favor. Look into magnesium. I've seen a lot of stuff on Instagram, social media lately, people talking about how to how to make it better to sleep and so forth. And this product and that product, do yourself a favor, look into magnesium. I take uh, 500 milligrams before I go to bed every night. Makes the sleep so much better. I throw that down also with a little quarter cup of frozen blueberries to add while I'm sleeping. So, uh, do some research, jump into that. Again, a little bit of frozen blueberries and some magnesium before you go to bed at night. Let that change. Uh, give that self uh, seven, 10 days. Let that change your sleeping pattern. See if you don't sleep a little better at night. All right. It is race weekend. Brainerd NHRA, NASCAR at Watkins Glen. We've got the Midwest Pro Mod folks over in St. Louis. I'm going to be sitting at home licking my wounds with this, this hand here. Uh, hopefully, it'll get better as uh, we continue to work along, if you will, in this uh, completely hot jello 2023 of a season. I really appreciate you guys tuning in. Thank you so much to Kendra Jacobs for coming in from Flow and Talking. Big shout out to them, folks. Do yourself a favor, tip your toe in. Uh, 2024 is going to be right around the corner. T tell your loved ones for holidays you want them to buy you a gift card or a gift certificate or something. Throw some money, Venmo me, sell me some money so that I can have a monthly subscription in January and February. So you can check out the U.S. Street Nationals, Lights Out, and the Pro Race. Who knows, maybe even World Series of Pro Mod. I'd have to pull a calendar out, see how that plays out. But nonetheless, folks, it's motorsports. Here's my cliche for you. Put this, think about it. Anything that's hard in life is going to be good for you. Anything that's easy in life is going to be bad for you. Thanks for tuning in. Racers and Rental Cars Podcast. 
Like, rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends. I'm out. See you next week. <laughs>